back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Lakers Post Game, everyone. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here for Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the Lakers and also as well the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcast, but also as well inside sports, fantasy football. Had you listened to me, you might have won some money on Kansas City as the underdog because I called it. On Inside Sports, fantasy football, plus also as well, Joe Soro, where he was a great part of what we were just watching on Playback, our simulcast, playback.tv slash Fast Break. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing later on tonight as well at 11 p.m. for his nightcap with Joe Soro. Go ahead and check that out. Plus also, Ox1947, LakersBall.com, and of course, his company, Simblades. Simblades with a Y.com also as well. Make sure you go ahead and check out what we're doing each and every time out right there for you. Allegroholics.com with the guys, Laker Tom and Jamie Sweet. But go ahead and make sure you catch what they're saying today right there at Lakerholics.com. Truly appreciate you joining us out right there. And don't forget our good friends, uh, John Costa, who will not be on tonight. He is, uh, of course, the mastermind behind Lakers Corner and Clutch Talk. Go ahead and support his great channels, Lakers Corner on YouTube and Clutch Talk, wherever you get your audio podcasts as well. Of course, also as well, our good friends, Daniel Barry Sports Highlights, Empire Jeff TV. Of course, also as well, when it comes right down to it, you got to go ahead and check out the John McCallion channel. And if he's still available, you might want to check out some of the older episodes of the Larry Lakers Dribbling Chit Chat. All those great channels, Lakers and Five as well. Please support them. And speaking of supporting great channels, as I wait for hopefully some guys to come on to the show tonight, go ahead and check us out each and every time out by hitting that subscribe button. Subscribe and like today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. You know what, Juan? I kind of agree with you because I don't know how I feel about this team either because even though they won tonight, very easy tonight sunday night against a team that's in the midst of kind of like tanking wanting to tank should be tanking and the portland trailblazers team that suffered a lot injury wise and just a not a very good team overall this is a team that we saw similar to what we saw on friday and very disappointing loss at that but this time around the lakers they grabbed the lead and they kept it throughout cruising pretty much the whole way through as they just basically started with the defensive tempo, the defensive mindset, getting in the passing lanes like Joe had talked about during the course of our playback and using a lot of the transition that they are best at. Getting into transition, easy buckets time and time again. The Lakers got off to a 36-31 first quarter, held it firm in the first half, and basically after that, they were put into Kajou's control, won all four quarters, and looked pretty good doing it. They're now 22 and 22 on the season with a 134 to 110 victory over the Portland Trailblazers. They are still, well, actually, you know what? They are tied for 10th place, 9th place, 10th place, right there with the Utah Jazz. They have the same record 22 and 22 in the Western Conference. So ninth, 10th, whichever way you want to say it, in the Western Conference. And here today to talk about what's going on with the Lakers after this victory. 
Good man indeed. He headed up our pregame. He headed up our playback. He's heading up so much of what we do here at the Lakers Fast Break. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice. And Sean, great to have you here. Again, it was the type of team and the type of game you needed. It was pretty much never in doubt. Pretty much like that. It's just from the first quarter, the defense dictated the tempo. They contested a little bit more on the threes, but they really got into passing lanes, got a lot of steals, transition, and that's really what did Portland in. A hundred percent drilled. And, uh, you know, almost kudos to the offense tonight because I think this would have been the first game where they um, had a 50-40-90. They were percentage points away from shooting 40% from three. So, I mean, it was an efficient game offensively as well. Um, on the plus side, AD with bilateral tendinopathy only played uh, 26 minutes, um, 14 points, but still, I mean, it wasn't, wasn't really needed uh, much after that uh, little spurt he had in the, the second half of the second quarter. It was an all-around effort. I uh, actually think the insertion of Rui gave the uh, offense a bit of a shot in the arm, although I really didn't like as Joe was mentioning on playback, I really didn't <clears throat> like the way he was being used uh, in the flow of the offense. You know, being just being a, a wing corner man um, or being asked to be a, like a dive screener. I mean, like Joe was saying, he's more of a cutter slasher. Ask him to shoot to mid range, but other than that, you know, it was a pretty pretty solid elf effort all around. Um, you know, yeah. Uh, you had to have an outstanding game to be mid again. And uh, we are the very definition of mid. So that's, that's why we're tied for ninth or 10th right now at 500. Uh, yeah. 500. Hello, 500. My old friend, I've come to talk with you again. Seem to be singing that song over and over again. Gerald. We just can't seem to get above that 500 mark. Just, just a little bit. Nope. Got to stay 500 for a bit. Um, you know, Gerald, I'm not going to give kudos to Darvin Ham because I don't think it's asking too much to outcoach Chauncey Billups, especially with the, <laughs> the kind of roster you're up against. Um, amazingly, uh, a 39-year-old LeBron James leads the league in fast break points and um, kind of showed off some of his... Uh, previous athleticism drill because of the sad sack Portland trailblazers, but a win's a win. We'll, we'll bank it and uh, move on. Um, okay. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, thought, I, I was, I was on pins and needles to hear that you might be finishing up with some, uh, no, 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 nothing clever. Okay. All right. <laughs> Uh, although you should have heard yourself during the course of our playback very good choices on movies very good talk good talk is easy talk it's easy when you're having a great conversation that's what happened on today's show especially with playback so hopefully everybody will go ahead and play that back on playback in fact on the simulcast it's actually on the youtube and facebook channels go ahead and check it out because we had a lot of good conversations right there during the course and here today that helped us with those great conversations Good man indeed. He is the host of Lakers Nightcap. Oh, what'd you say? Go ahead, Sean. There's no way I look like Jerry Ferreira. Okay. There's no way. Like I'm not feeling it either. There's no way. <laughs> I'm 
not feeling it either. <laughs> I apologize, Joseph, but there's no way I look like a Jerry Ferrara. But also here today <laughs> is the guy that's hosting Lakers Nightcap with Joe Soro. It is Joe Soro. And Joe, great to have you here. Uh, it is an easy victory for, over Portland, something that would not unexpected, but I could just see by the numbers tonight. The people are, were expecting this. Friday night, the people were angry, livid. They were out in storm coming out here, out in huge numbers coming to see this. It's so funny how our community is that, you know what, Sunday, easy victory. I'm just going to go ahead and chill. I'm going to go ahead and do what I need to do with the family, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Friday night, Lakers lose with a team similar in space as the Portland Trailblazers. And everybody goes wild. So just throwing it out there, Joe. I think that's the type of season and the type of team we currently have, Joe. Well, I'm not going to go crazy here. We we kind of felt that they were going to win today, even before the Nets game, just because Portland is just not a good team. The game tonight uh, continues it, it just kind of continues to show that when the other team isn't making shots the Lakers win it's regard regardless if the Lakers are actually Dean up or not it's just a matter of will they the Lakers play like they've already clinched a top seed that's probably in terms from a mental standpoint the worst part about all this this year they play like they can turn it on and then They'll get games like this, and it'll enhance that thought even more. But then once they get pressed, they fold. That's what they do, and they've done that all year. They haven't really been resilient this year at all. I can't remember a eight-point deficit with five minutes left and then make a run to win the game. Usually it's some kind of a fake uh, comeback, and then they fail miserably in the end because – certain people decide that they want to make the right play versus this, the, the play that matters. Tonight, Portland couldn't shoot. The Lakers continued to do two things the last few weeks that they've continued to do well, which is get, in, get into the passing lanes on defense and get out and running. And they're actually making the layups. What a concept. Playing defense, clogging up the lanes, and getting out on the break. Yes, folks, it's not that complicated. It's basketball. It's much easier to get baskets, especially when you have certain athletes on the team that can run and can jump and have some length. This is the result. And I guess I can look at tonight as we're not Portland Trailblazer fans. Could you imagine being a Blazer fan? You know, at least the Laker fan has some cachet. We can sit back and in recent memory remember some amazing things. All Portland has is 1977. <laughs> so, so this this kind of game in the end uh, is 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 one of those perspective type games. Nothing more. It's just oh god. I, we, we saw a win. We can enjoy the win because we've been miserable pretty much half the year. And 
and we're not Trailblazer fans, and that that's something that's good. And you know, they're three and zero against them, and the Blazers always play the Lakers well. It's just one of those teams that usually does. So it's nice to see that at least we're we're whooping on them now. Let's make it three and zero as well on Tuesday, please. I'd like to. I'd like to serve the Clippers a sweep this year if we can. And that, to me, is what's going to matter this week uh, at this point. Did it bother you, though, at all? I mean, I obviously the outcome was, was pretty good. But did it bother you at all to see these guys on a day off where we have talked about the Lakers, you know, trying to see if they could go and do more in practice, do more work behind the scenes to get better, to try and work more cohesively. Yet you see them on the, I guess they're off time because they're not doing anything. They're not shooting around. They're not working on their shot. They're not working on their game, not working on their plays. They're instead flying up to San Francisco to watch the, watch the playoff game. At least three of them were. So does that bother you in any way? It doesn't bother me uh, because it, it doesn't matter in this day and age it seems uh, i could i could let it bother me uh, mm-hmm. i can give you the reason why they're not winning the way they're supposed to you just saw it you just said it are they serious about winning and and it, and it was before seeing them in san francisco on saturday it was lebron tweeting about lamar jackson that was like a why do I need to hear about how great Lamar Jackson is on LeBron's Twitter? Why do I need to hear that? Why? Why? I don't, I don't, like, that's the first instinct I had. I was like, you know, just, can you, can you give us something, please? Can you at least say, look, we're trying to make this work and it's not working. I'd kind of buy into that a little bit more versus seeing just non, just rhetoric. And, and you guys sort of know this, you know, when something happens around the world or in the sports world, whatever, and people are giving their, you know, information, you know, giving their opinions on things. A lot of times I, I kind of sit in the background and just kind of let you guys do your thing because I don't really care. I don't care about any of this. And in the end, when the things don't work, when things don't work out, you're going to, you're going to know, I'm going to know the reason. Now, whether you want to, accept it or not, and I'm saying you as in, in, in the general audience out there, you want to accept that that doesn't matter or it does matter, oh, it's on you. But it makes sense in the end, folks. Because I don't remember, I don't remember uh, any of this really in, in the last 10, 15 years. Well, Joe, there wasn't a Twitter back then. I'm like, okay. I, I still think guys like Kobe and guys like that, <laughs> Tim Duncan, I think they were still focused on their their work versus going and cocktailing up around NFL games when there's a season going on. So I've kind of given up on on that. Uh, I'm, I'd be the coach that gets fired after I'd be black. I'd get fired halfway through the the season in first place because I'm holding. LeBron James accountable for for being a better trying to be a better leader. That's what happens because LeBron James is too talented to get rid of. So at that point, these guys, this is what they do, and we have to kind of deal with it. This is Raphael from NBA Draft Junkies.com. 
and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. My last movie that I saw in the theaters was The Last Skywalker. I know, condolences to me. Wow, man. Right. I I just had talked about that, and I completely forgot that I saw that movie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't speak great things about it, I suppose. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 134 to 110. They're now 22 and 22, even 500. Hey, what do you know? Back to 500, my old friend. They're tied for ninth place in the Western Conference along with Utah. It is Gerald Glassford along with Joe Sorrell and the Magic Man, Sean Grice. Truly appreciate you watching and listening. Make sure you stay tuned at 11 p.m. Nightcap. It's your nightcap, your Lakers nightcap with Joe Sorrell. So go ahead and check that out. But Magic Man, again, really solid victory. But I don't know. We've been down this road before where they get a really solid victory. They look good in spots. Uh, They've got a new starting lineup because Torian Prince was out of the lineup tonight. Rui Hashimura was in. But then, uh, you know, as Zangerstein was was really mad about, they played extended minutes with Cam and Vando out there, and she was really upset about that. And uh, Rui, you know, I had to remind her that he's on that minutes restriction that seemingly no one outside of Darman Ham knows about. Your thoughts, my friend, do you like the starting lineup the way it is? I had mentioned it, you know, in the past as far as why not stick Rui in there as far as in the starting lineup, if that's the case as your fifth man out there. Like it? Love it? Hate it? Dismiss it? What are your thoughts on Rui in that starting lineup? I like it. Okay. I like it. I I think, um, you know, Gerald, it's kind of, I think it's kind of important to um, understand uh, the psychology of expectation because normally a person, me and me, you and Joe have talked about this before. You should always have high expectations of yourself if you want to be, you know, a high achiever. Not an overachiever, a high achiever. And oftentimes, <clears throat> I think what happens is people often often mistake um, a variance of expectations. So when you are in a situation that's out of your control, you should have low expectations because there's not a whole lot you can control. When you're in a situation where you do have a semblance of control, you should have realistic expectations because it could go sideways any which way pretty quickly. Uh, You should always have high expectations for yourself. But again, as Joe alluded to, we don't have high expectations for this team because it it's projected from them to us that they don't have high expectations for themselves. They play down to their competition. They don't, they don't have realistic uh, expectations. They have high expectations. And then when they play a team that's either at their level or a bit above them, they can for anywhere from mm, 24 to 47 and a half minutes play above their heads, 
and uh, have high expectations, or it could be the reverse. They could be just uh, ten, f- t- uh, six feet underground, being buried alive. So it, it's really like Joe was saying. It's you know, it's the it's the low expectations that they've kind of created for themselves that's projected on us. We don't project onto them. Their performances project back to us and then we just reverberate that to the audience as best we can with uh, as much as authenticity as is possible uh without uh, trying to smear it with uh bs and uh, conjecture and for the most part i think we do that and that this game was a uh, it's kind of a, a shoehorn as far as i'm concerned with uh with what joe was saying <clears throat> portland's bad Bad offense, bad defense, young team makes mistakes. Lakers should take advantage of it. And the fact that they're a poor shooting team, as Joe uh, also stated, shouldn't set a low mark. It should just set a benchmark for having realistic expectations that you should beat a team that you're better than. One of the things I wanted to mention to Joe was during the game, obviously, Scoot Henderson didn't do anything in this game, but him coming off the bench for a team like this serves absolutely no purpose. Instead, they're highlighting and advertising and showcasing Malcolm Brogdon. It's absolutely obvious to anyone out there when he's in your starting lineup, he's chucking up more shots than anyone that he is the guy that they really want to put out there for trades grant as well. Uh, They're regretting that contract. I'm sure. But when it comes right down to it, Joe, Malcolm Brogdon's name has been predominant in Portland as far as trade talks. Lakers, a possibility. So many others are a possibility as well. Remember, he's the final piece of that whole Drew Holiday trade. And I'm sure they really want a lot for him. What are you thinking right now as far as Brogdon is concerned? It's not out of the realm that they're showcasing him right now. I, I understand that, but I don't think it should be at the expense of Scoot Anderson. And maybe I'm being, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know what the word is, but uh, I just feel like we were wrong on a lot of things this year, and he's one of them. I thought Scoot was going to have a good You and I both. Yeah, I thought Scoot was going to be much better than what he what he has been. I mean, the guy looks like a a god. You know, I look. You throw him in with uh, throw him in with a couple of bodybuilders, and he, he could probably do that. Uh, you guys just looks like a he looks like a middle linebacker, actually. Um, <clears throat> but then again, <clears throat> it is basketball. Basketball is a different game, and I just I don't. He's got too much talent for him not to not to be better than what he has been. And, and and maybe it might be the mental part. You know, that like a lot of times you've got a lot of talented players that get picked in the NBA at, at high, as, as high as he's gotten picked. And for some reason, they just can't click it in. Or it doesn't click right away. Uh, I would like to think that a third overall pick with his skill set in this era of basketball should be playing much better. Well, I mean, it sucks. Suggs it didn't click right away until his third year in the NBA, Joe, and he was a fifth pick. I mean, you're talking about Scoot Henderson, who was maybe not going to be the first pick, but there was discussion of, "Hey, I'm better. I'm the best player in the." Yeah, in the, he, you know. and he he said that. So I, give you that. I, 
I don't know. I don't know. And at the same time, you have Chauncey Billups as the head coach there, and I'm not overly impressed with his coaching ability. Uh, I've never have been. Most most coaches in the NBA are not that good in, in general. Like, I'm not going to just Kurt. That's funny, Kurt. Kurt is the best. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, Sean, just to let you know, when you're doing it uh, on the lower, you can actually switch to just one instead of using all three when you okay. make your comments. Yeah, there's a, it's a little arrow. You can change it. Yep, yep, I see it, Joe. That's okay. It's fine because you're just it's, just, it's people, somebody on Facebook that's watching right now. Why does he keep sending me messages? I'm not even saying anything. No worries, no worries. All good. But Joe, when it comes right down to it, Malcolm Brogdon's name has been tossed around in trade rumors and all that. Lakers have been noted as a possibility. Are you interested in him as an option? Uh, unfortunately, they're going to want draft capital, and I don't think he's worth draft capital. No. He's too injury prone, and I'm going to say this, and I'm hoping I'm not regretting it. I think D'Angelo Russell might be coming into his own a little. This is not normal play by him. He's been playing phenomenal. I'd hate to break that up at the point at this point. 34 points tonight, eight assists. And it's not, it's not, it's not just the points, it's the way he's playing that's different. I haven't seen a play like this since he's been a Laker. A lot of confidence. A lot of confidence, but he's been able to uh, get to certain spots in the game. He's obviously hitting uh, threes from, you know, well beyond the line. And when you do that, you really screw up the defense that way because now you open up that that floor. If they if he pump fakes or is and you bite, you're you're now going to be able to go right by him or get the ball to someone where they can they can do some damage down low, especially somebody like AD. I I was uh, happy that they were playing ball. I've been happy they've been playing ball the way they have on offense and on defense to a certain degree uh, because they are getting easy baskets. And when you're getting easy baskets, you're you're making the, the 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 job much easier for yourself, and you're 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 not stuck in you're not stuck in the mud. But the Lakers' issue is as soon as they have a good game, they have a bad game. It just uh, maybe a couple good games, and then it's a bad game. They cannot they cannot seem to have a, a two or three week window where they really really play well, and I can't I can't see them having that at this point until I see it. Tuesday's game is going to be a big game. Yeah. Even if they win, I don't trust them against Chicago the next night. No. How can you? How how can you? How can you, Joe? No. Then we're going to stick. We're going to stick to the games. I'm going to stick to the games as we watch them and go, all right, you played Portland. They stink. Chauncey Billups isn't a good coach. Uh, I don't know what's going on with their young players. I don't know who they're going to trade. They They are a layover team. I call them the layover team. That's all Portland is, is, is a layover team. They, they're, I don't know what they're playing for. I really don't. What kind of draft pick are they going to get? Probably like a late, early eight, nine pick probably. What's that going to do for them? I don't know. It Basketball, 
The NBA, uh, I've said this a few times, the NBA has made a massive mistake by trying to put parity in the NBA. Fans do not want to see parity in the NBA. I, I, I assure you, they want to see they want to see five, six teams on the on top. Now, if a few of the smaller ones come up and they help their fan bases, yeah, that's cool. But no one gave two craps about the Spurs when they were winning championships. They care about Steph Curry and LeBron James. Okay, that's when the last time the, the, the ratings were up was when Steph was playing LeBron four years in a row. Adam Silver, since 2020, has slowly deteriorated the NBA. And the Lakers are a big part of that whole what people want to see. And, and when I say they want to see the Lakers, those who dislike LeBron James are still watching him. That's why it's important. Uh, someone like Steph, people usually like. No one disliked Golden State. But that's that's why that worked, because people wanted to see LeBron lose to Steph. And uh, we're not getting that. We're going to get Jokic, who mopes around. Granted, he's a great player. Mopes around, doesn't want to be where he is, which means your marketing stinks in, in terms of your champion. Uh, you've got Joel Embiid, who's the quintessential selfish player who just want you know, who thinks about himself, who's going to be your, your I don't know, your poster boy in the East, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I still talk to people who, somewhat watch the NBA that they still don't even know really who Joel Embiid is. I mean, Joel Embiid is just not a marketable guy. So who's going to be the next guy? Who's going to be the market, the big market guy after Steph and LeBron aren't there? I don't think we've There's a void. There's a void. There's a major void. There's no one. Wembenyamba, maybe? How often do we support international players? Because Giannis was everything you would want in, a, in, a, in an athlete, right? He's the guy yeah. that's nice and respectful. He has family. He loves his family. He talks about his family. And he plays in a small market in Milwaukee. But he was, uh, he was, uh, he didn't have the, um, the reputation that Wemby did either, Joe. He had to, he had to work his way up. Well, Chet Holton looks like a homeless guy. I don't think he's good either. <laughs> uh, Luca could be the guy, but he'd have to go to L.A. or New York. But the problem with Luca is I'm worried about him in five years because he likes to eat. Luca's the stay-puffed marshmallow man of the NBA. When, when players – now, I'm going to use that – I'm going to use another couple – I'm going to use a couple players in this so you understand. AI may have not liked to eat, but AI never really worked on his game. And you all know his practice ran, so you all know it's true. And the second his athleticism started to dwindle, his, his, his effectiveness went away. Carmelo Anthony liked to eat, too, for the longest time. We saw what happened there. Uh, T-Mac may have not liked to eat a lot, but again, same thing like AI. As soon as the athleticism started to dwindle, he became useless as well. So... The, the NBA has a massive void right now. Who is going to carry the torch as the face of the NBA? We're, we're coming into the 70s again. Because Kareem was sort of the face after Chamberlain retired and Jerry West. Even, even before then, he was, you know, the guy. 
Mm-hmm. But he was so aloof. It was that was he when... wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't the most marketable guy. I would say the most marketable guy in that era was the Iceman. I'd say it was Dr. J as soon as he got to the NBA in '77, right? And Dr. J somewhat carried with Kareem, but then it didn't. It didn't really go to the level it needed to go to until, of course, Magic and Bird came in. Doctor uh, Doctor J, second best dresser in NBA history, by the way. I think I think Doctor J is the smoothest, coolest guy. I mean, him and MJ are probably the two smoothest, coolest guys you'll. I ever think Katino Mobley had a better tailor than he did, but I mean those <laughs> those two guys were the most fashionable players in NBA history. Oh man, I don't know. I did. Cat could dress, Joe. Cat could dress. <laughs> I'm talking, about, but he wasn't at the level in terms of talent. That has to be there too. So, so let me ask you this, Magic Man. And once again, the Lakers do win one thirty-four to one ten. Uh, Brogdon's name has been bandied about. I know also as well as mentioned by Free Smoke that we might be looking for reserve guards because the you know with Cam Reddish coming off the bench that doesn't inspire anyone. Uh, mm-hmm. Watching Vando try to lead a fast break today that was hilarious. Or actually, not that fast break. He was just trying to dribble the ball over the half court line. Let me rephrase that. So, yes, that was hilarious. That was absolutely anybody who defends Vando needs to just watch that. Uh, Hi, Rodell needs to just watch that and understand why people should have their concerns about paying Jared Vanderbilt $45 million plus over a five year span. And that's all I'll say. But mm-hmm. getting back to what I was saying, you know, Max Christie was awful tonight, but they didn't need them. They basically, the starting lineup kicked butt. That's where you won the game. I want to hear your thoughts, though. Free Smoke brought up maybe, you know, just the reserves or should be the focus. Instead of going all out on a DeJounte Murray, who will be playing more now that Trey Young is out with a concussion. Instead of playing, you know, getting a Zach Levine who ties up so much of your money going forward, maybe shoring up some of those reserves is probably maybe uh, it could be a point where the Lakers might look to target instead. I agree, Joe. I agree. And I think that's the most pressing need for us right now is somebody who can um, galvanize the bench and try and turn chicken, you know what, into somewhat of a chicken salad as far as bench production is concerned. Because, I mean, based on the uh, five starters coinciding with Darvin Ham's um, mercurial rotational decisions at times, um, the bench could score anywhere from like 57 points to eight. Just depends on the night and who's playing and who you're playing against. So I think uh, acquiring a, a you know, a, a very a pretty good to very good uh, backup point guard would be advantageous for this bench. It would give them a shot in the arm. I agree. So if you could get your hands on uh, DeJounte Murray and Tyus Jones and they're coming off the bench and you're not asking either one of them to start, I think that'd be a good move for the Lakers. I really do. It's so, so funny, Magic Bag, because Rodell's saying, well, they didn't pay Vando that extension for his offense. If he can't even dribble the ball when you need it. That's a basic requisite of playing this game. 
how can you have confidence in him playing defense or being on the court in playoff, in clutch time? It makes absolutely zero sense if he's that much of a minus, guys. I mean, Joe, get it back. Yeah, Joe, Gerald, that's like that's like a, that's like a welder showing up for work and saying, "Yeah, you know what? I I can't use my bull torch." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Joe, I mean, do you agree with us that it is a problem when you see stuff like that? Of course, it's a problem. It's. It's the inability to understand that there's certain players. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry, Joe. My apologies. And I'll let you finish. And I apologize. Rodell says, have you ever seen Rodman play? He's one of the best post passers in NBA history. Don't best, ever tell us. Yeah. Best outlet passer too. Next yeah. to maybe, maybe Bill Walton. Good grief. Good grief. Good grief. Go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. I, I feel, I feel like Rodell doesn't understand that we know. I, we literally watched some of these guys play like the way we watch tonight. Like we watch these guys play. We watched these guys in their prime play. <laughs> it's it's Darren. Uh, that was one on nobody when he dribbled the ball by himself. Do you remember when it was a full five on five? You guys don't want to talk about that one. Do you, you don't want to talk about when, that would five on five, and they gave the ball to him to just dribble it ten feet up the court. It, it, no it one feels about that. It feels like a, a, a discussion, and most most people don't watch sports like the way we do, the regular person. So when someone starts talking about certain things, like who was the best and who did this and who did that, the first question I'm going to ask them was, "Did you see them play?" And if you didn't, you have no room to discuss anything. There's no room. What are you going to tell me? How is a 21-year-old going to tell me that a player right now is better than Michael Jordan? Or Scottie Pippen? Or Carl Malone? Who? Based off what? What, you, you went back in time and saw those guys play? I saw, we saw those guys play like the way we watch basketball right now. Now, it wasn't as easy to watch sports like it is today where you can have all the channels, but we still watched. I still watched TNT. Dude, TNT's been around for 30 years, okay? You know, Ernie's not, Ernie has been there a very long time on with Turner. So you cannot have an argument with someone who's actually seen that's why I don't discuss Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell, Jerry West, Kareem, Magic. Really, I, I saw the tail end of Magic's career. I don't. I, I can't justify any of those arguments on who was better, Larry Bird or Magic Johnson. Really, because I got the tail end of it, and all I could base it off of is uh, my '85 uh, six-game disc finals DVD. And I, I do have copies of all of the championships from 1980 through now. I do have a, 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 a CD or I'm sorry, a DVD that has game five of the 72 championship. That's it. That's all I got, guys, on that one. So if you're going to argue, if you're going to say, oh, Rodman was this or 
Scottie Pippen was this or Luke Longley, or whatever. Were you there? Did you watch him play? I'm going to, I'm going to give you a little history lesson. Rodman wasn't just a good outlet passer. He wasn't just a good rebounder. He was a phenomenal one-on-one -on -one player. So much so that he bothered Shaq. Mind you, Rodman maybe weighed 210. Shaq weighed 300 pounds, even when he was young. And he gave him problems. Now, fast forward to now. Fast forward to now. Because I can say this because I know how they played then and how they play now. If Rodman's playing today, he would have a career like he had in the 90s and in the 80s. Because he can't shoot. And his rough housing, he wouldn't last 20 minutes. Oh, he'd be like Draymond Green. He'd be this. No, Draymond Green could actually shoot when he was playing well. He could actually get triple doubles. Rodman would score two points and get 20 rebounds. And then once in a while, he'll do one of those shots that goes in and he goes <laughs> back to the other side of the court. Different game, folks. Even Shaq, and I'm going to give you guys an example. Shaq would have still been amazing now. However, when you look at the early Sacramento Kings, why did they give the Lakers so much headache? Because they played like how the Golden State Warriors played the last seven, eight years. So Rodell's thinking, guys, and Rodell's just answered this. This know. isn't just for Rodell, by the way. No, I'm just, I just want to make, I want to give you an example because he well, said well, he, we're, that we're, Ben we're, Wallace didn't become that player because he also so pointed out Ben Wallace. He didn't become that player until seven, eight years in the league. My answer would be, okay, do we have to spend $45 million on Vando before we find out what player he is in the league? Uh, first of all, you want to talk about another player who would have not, he would have been maybe Drummond in this era. I think, I think Ben Wallace should thank his lucky stars. He was born when he was born, because if he had been born 15 years later, there would be no Ben Wallace and he would not be a Hall of Famer. I'm telling you, today's NBA is so different. It would have been an issue for a lot of these players. And I'm going to reverse it back so that you all understand. If you put LeBron, because I hear this one too, you put LeBron in the 80s, he would smoke almost everyone. Think about that. You're talking about a 6'8 controlled freight train going to the hoop. Who the hell is going to guard him? Mikhail, Robert Parrish, Kareem, Moses Malone. Oh, they would elbow him in the face. They would do this. They would do that. Okay. You have to also factor in that if LeBron was skilled like he is now and grew up in that era, don't you think he would have been tough by then? He doesn't have to be tough in this era, but he would have been tough then, right? That's how Michael became tough. That's how Bird was tough. That's how all these guys were tough. That was the era. That was the guys that grew up in the 60s, that's 70s. That's that's how it was, right? So that argument always makes me laugh. Well, well, are you talking about teleporting this LeBron in 2023 or 2010 then? Or are you talking about his skill set in that era? You got to be more specific. It's an argument. We could have a four-hour, we could have a four-day show on that. Absolutely, yes, Not we could. Early on the nightcap. 
That's coming up on the nightcap at 11 p.m. <sighs> but, but Sean, when we ask, just you know, it's not we're trying to hate us so much on Vando, but it is he is limited. So I, I understand people when, when they're talking about, oh, why isn't Vando starting, Magic Man? Why isn't Vando starting? That's all I hear is why isn't Vando starting like the old days last season when they made that run. That's the reason why the Lakers aren't getting it done. This is not the same Vando. You can say it's because of his injury or whatnot. He has just not improved or evolved. And at times, it is really hard to play him when teams do not respect him at totally, do not respect him at one end of the floor, Magic Man. Yeah, exactly, Gerald. I mean, I, they lay off of him. They give him the Russell Westbrook treatment. They will lay off him 20 25 feet away from him just to beg him to shoot. Yes. Yes. It's, um, it's because <laughs> that's a great point. Yeah. It is becoming a lot like that Russell Westbrook meme with, uh, with Rui right now. The Nets did it. They did do it. They yes. did do it. They did do it. Yeah. And so I, like, I, maybe the philosophy Ham has is that if I move Rui around and just, or maybe just isolate them in the corner. Teams won't be as um, um, vociferous to not uh, attack him and just let him shoot. I'm I'm not sure what the philosophy is there, but you're right, Gerald. I mean, at, at sooner than later, somebody's going to scheme Rui in or and you know lure him, so to speak, into kind of taking those open shots that they're banking on him not making i mean you know it's a he his three-point shooting is a far cry from the memphis series it really is he's he, and to be fair nobody really nobody really thought that Rui was going to be able to replicate that performance over an 82 game season um being a 50 percent three-point shooter it wasn't it wasn't logical and uh gerald's pointed that out many times is that uh you know Rui's kind of felt fallen back into the what Rui are you going to get the Rui who can average 32 8 and 4 or is it the Rui who could average anywhere from 0 to 13 and 5 rebounds like he could have a very quiet church mouse type game versus being the loudest guy in the arena so I mean it's it's a variance with him and right now the variance on three-point shooting is uh, <sighs> toilet bowl-esque. Yeah, I mean, but again, you were getting what you're getting, but it seems like his game has regressed. But, oh, you know, again, we, we instead of being so hard, Sean, you got to go ahead and make this a positive because the Lakers won and they won mm -hmm. easily. And, you know, one of the things he does do is play defense. He gets steals and he found himself on the other end on a couple occasions today. Him, Cam Reddish, the guys we that are getting much maligned for their offensive capabilities, they did what they needed to do in the time that they played together, Sean. They did, Gerald. Absolutely. And uh, <clears throat> I have to say kudos to AD. That was the hardest screen I've ever seen him set as a Laker. He nearly knocked that dude on his ass. And um, it was Rick Mahorn-esque. It really was. Like, that wasn't Rick Mahorn-esque, I mean, knocking Mo Cheek's te teeth out of his mouth, but it was pretty close. Uh, that's as physical 
uh, defensive as I've seen AD play. So, I mean, he set a tone early on, and that's what you got to do. You got to set the tone. Um, and they they followed suit. They followed suit because, I mean, yeah, you gave up 110 to a, to a really bad team, but the, for the most part, the Lakers played sound defense. Once again, the Lakers do win 134 to 110. They are now 22 and 22 on the season. They're tied for ninth place in the Western Conference. Joe, like you said, I don't want to get too overconfident, even if they do win on the road. Still at the crypt. Against the Clippers on Tuesday, because they could easily back that up with a putrid performance against Chicago. So the thing is now, they have to. The month is almost over, Joe. They had every opportunity to make this a really good month for them, and they've blown it, and they've blown it big time, heading into the Grammy trip coming up here on the horizon. They should finish off whatever games they have left in the crib, both road and home, strong, because if they don't, those road games are really going to be tough. Yeah, they've wasted 21 days going 5-5. Five and five. Yeah. The, and and they're, I think the, the disappointing part is a lot of these losses at home are what are, are what has really kind of dampered everything. You're talking about you're 16 and eight at home, but you probably should be 20 and four. And if you're 20 and four at home, you are looking at a 26 and 18 record, which is just four games. I mean, I think they, they should have won more in this run uh, based off the talent and how the schedule played out. But just just winning four more games, 26 and 18 is a completely different record. And then if you go in and you beat the Clippers and beat Chicago, you're going into the Grammy trip 10 games over 500. And that's how, that's how simple it is. But I don't, I just don't believe, I don't, I don't see the correct focus. Their focus is not in winning a championship. They can say it, they can preach it, they can be delusional about it, but they're not. They're not. LeBron is thinking about tweeting Lamar Jackson is amazing. They're thinking about let's go fly to San Francisco in the middle of the season that you're when you're sucking ass and I'm going to go watch some football. Come on. Guys, you're serious about your job. You're not going watching football. You're in the gym. You're watching film. You're figuring things out. You're talking about LeBron James and Anthony Davis, your two main stars joe joe's talking about an all-consuming focus and if you're not what, if, what yeah. kobe bryant had it's what michael jordan had what tom brady had i mean guys, you posted about the all earlier the, the all email you sent consuming. us now now let's let's talk about jordan you brought up a good point jordan got a lot of flack back in the day for going to atlantic city right mm -hmm. got a lot of flack back then because Apparently, we hold these guys accountable, right? And then they've done it to – they did it to Tony Romo, I remember, one playoff. They did it to uh, Odell Beckham Jr. But I'm going to go back to the Jordan thing. So, Jordan goes to Atlantic City with his dad, right? Wasn't – it? With, he, went to, he went to Atlantic – and he's in New York. It's just like a puddle jumper away, right? Not even. And he got lambasted because they're down 0-2. 
against the Knicks. Now, just like when a player turns the ball over, if he makes up for the turnover by doing a play back and, 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 and helping himself and helping the team, hey, we're not perfect. You make a mistake, you make up for it, good for you. One of the great, one of the most fun players ever was Heinz Ward. Every time, it was very rare, he'd make a mistake. My God, it was like he would tell Ben or Tommy Maddox or Cordell Stewart, he'd tell him, give me the ball right away. Give me the ball right away right now. And I swear, the next play, it's a 15-yard uh, out, uh, out curl, and he, he makes it. Like, it's like it was like immediate. So Jordan goes to Atlantic City with his dad, gambles. And, of course, everyone's like, what's Michael Jordan? Is he got a gambling problem? Oh, my God, is he working for the mob? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Okay. What does Jordan do? Four straight. Including, I believe, uh, a couple 40 burgers. He, he, in game three and four, laid the smacketh down, as Ezra Rock used to say, on the Knicks. And then, of course, they win game five in dramatic fashion. And then he closes them out in game six in Chicago. And that's how you handle business, folks. Again. You're going to have to come with something. And if you're going to tell me, and fast forward to Kobe, granted it didn't end the, the way we wanted it in 04, but Kobe, self-inflicted, we all know this. I'm not saying anything. Jamie, don't hurt me. Um, Kobe was going through his court proceedings, yet he was showing up and whooping ass and doing game and, and, game, and, and shooting game-winning shots. So, folks, when we talk about Greatness. We grew up around that. You want to call me a boomer for that? Go ahead. My cousins do, even though I can still put my foot in their ass. Can't call somebody a boomer if they can still whoop your ass. So I don't understand that part. But that's a different that's a different uh, subject. The 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 mentality about being the greatest has to be about being the greatest. Vince Lombardi, Joe Montana. Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Kobe. You didn't hear about any of these guys not coming through when it mattered year after year after year. So that's what we're used to. And when I see it not working because they're too busy tweeting and going to football games the day before a game, you're getting your answer on why things aren't working well. Right? Am I wrong? Not at all. Now, if they're winning and they're doing that, it's not a big deal, right? But you're not winning. You're actually losing games you shouldn't be losing. So now it becomes a problem. It's just like the uh, stubbornness. You can be stubborn. You could be all into yourself. But if the results are there, you have no choice. That's why people are so upset now with Michael Jordan. Because they don't have... They didn't have that time to see Michael. See, back then, you had no chance. You had no chance, no matter what Michael did. Mean to his teammates, punching Steve Kerr, doing any of that. Kobe treating uh, Smush Parker like garbage and yelling at all the other guys about needing to get traded at the deadline. It didn't matter. Why? Because Kobe brought it. Michael brought it. Vince Lombardi back in the day brought it. 
all these guys won, so therefore you couldn't get at them because what they were doing made results. Now, if you're going and doing things you're not supposed to, well, not recommended to do, and then you don't get the results, now you're going to get blamed for why you're not winning. And I can't say I blame you for that, for saying that. So, And, and, and our, our, our anger, my anger, is venting at a lot of the anger when I when I go off on the show is is because of the time wasting. Because that's my major pet peeve. When anybody who's been around me long enough will understand, I don't like my time wasted. And that's the part that bothers me about these losses. It wastes my time. I'm sitting here watching these guys making $50 million a year. Mm just not doing what they're supposed to do. So that's where I stand on that. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, the Lakers do win. Uh, hopefully everybody will be able to go ahead and check out Joe's show tonight here coming up at 11 p.m. Uh, Joe, I already set the room, scheduled room for you, got it straightened out for you. It starts at 11 p.m., so hopefully you will get a chance to go ahead and check that out. Magic Man, though, when it comes to what you see tonight, do you think the Lakers will take any of that you know, team building or any of the good play that and good habits that they got tonight and carry it over into the crypt once again? On Tuesday, um, I don't have faith. So. I don't have faith. I don't have faith. I don't have faith. Faith is the belief in things unseen, and we've seen enough from the Lakers this year, Gerald, to know that twenty-two and twenty-two is your identity. You're consistently inconsistent. That's our identity. Yeah, and that means from game to game. Quarter to quarter, I mean, you want to, you want to, uh, micro, uh, fish this, Gerald. Even possession to possession, you just don't know what you're gonna get. It's about this team is a box of chocolates, and not in the positive Forrest Gump kind of way. I love um, how you say the microfish though. That was pretty cool. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, yeah, game game to game, possession to possession, quarter to quarter. I mean. Gerald's right. There's no faith there. There's just there is no faith. So it's hard. It's hard to imagine them carrying over some some if any kind of momentum that they can tra- uh, transition against the Clippers because um, unlike the Lakers, as Gerald mentioned tonight, the Clippers uh, outscored the Nets twenty-two to zero to end that game and they're definitely going to carry that kind of momentum over to the next game. So how will the Lakers respond to that? 
it's just you see the difference in in teams right now. One a little bit more successful than the other, Joe. And you see that you know they're both in a similar situation against the Nets on the same, essentially the same floor. Yet one team goes on a twenty-two nothing run to finish, you know, to come back, take the lead, and end the game on the Nets. The other one wilts like a flower in the middle of a desert. Mm-hmm. It, it just. I think you see the difference right now where these teams stand right now, as far as the season is concerned. And when you look at it on paper, Joe, it shouldn't be the case at all with the talent that the Lakers have on their roster. It's mental. It's a mentality. The talent is there. And unfortunately the coaching is terrible too. So your team's mentality isn't where, isn't a championship mentality. Uh, And then on top of that, you have a coach that shouldn't be a head coach. I mean, I wouldn't even hire Darvin Ham to be a high school coach. I'll be honest. I'm, I'm being maybe cruel, but I, I really wouldn't. And I'm not going to say the Clippers are going to do anything either until they do something. You know, they're a loser franchise and they'll be losers. Oh, I'm not saying they're, that they're going far I'm just, the I'm being harsh on the Clippers because I've, I've seen this before already. Mm-hmm. I've seen this movie already. I'm just saying they're playing better than the Lakers are now. Good for them. Good for them. Better, to me, there's... 70% of the league's playing better than the Lakers right now. Yeah, that's true. Good point. And who isn't? Portland. Right. <laughs> the yeah, that's it. Yeah. Portland, Detroit, uh, San Detroit. Antonio. Although well, San that, Antonio that did beat That list gets beat harder it. and harder as you go past five teams, Sean. They, the, Lakers, the Lakers have an entitlement mentality. And it comes from the two big stars especially LeBron. He, is, is, he expects to be great. He expects things to just work out. No, that's not how it works. You know, Jerry Rice, I know it's hard to have this kind of mentality when you're as great as Jerry Rice, but he had it. And what he had was he truly believed he wasn't good. Like he, he would, he would, manifest or actually think that he would get cut and he worked and he worked and he worked and i don't know if kobe had that same mentality i just think kobe was an obsessive type some some people do chester bennington is the greatest lyricist of his generation didn't think he was good enough and many people can relate to that accomplishments right what what do you think in the end, your life is about what, what, what have you done in your life where you're like, I'm accomplished. Well, you don't, you kind of don't want to think that you've been accomplished. Let's say you, 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 you've lit, you've done the American dream. You've bought the home. You've, you've, you have, you, you run your own life. You're happily married. You have healthy kids and you live in a good area and, you have good friends. You've made it in life. And everyone on the Lakers has made it in life. I think we all can agree to that. Above and beyond. Everyone, right? They are, what is it? 15 men to a roster times 30. You're talking about uh, 450 people approximately in the entire planet of 8 billion. And you're one of 450 players in this league. Everyone in the NBA has made it. But it's about winning. 
It's about being great. It's, is it really about just the money? Sure, for a lot of them. Just to have status and just to be able to get into all the clubs? Yeah, a lot of them want that. But as fans, we invest a lot of time at, on our shows, in our lives. We invest in our fandom so that we can be happy about the wins. Why? Because it's competition. It makes us feel good. Because I've been asked that question for a very long time. Joe, you're 45 years old. Joe, you're 40. Joe, you're 35. Whatever, whenever it was, why do you care so much about these bums who are getting paid millions of dollars? Why do you care? I go, guys, it's not about them. I go, those guys change. You keep you thinking too small. I'm talk, I'm, 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 it's about the competition. It's about the team that I've been supporting. And overall, the Lakers have provided enough for me for a lifetime, for 10 lifetimes. We're talking about six NBA championships as a grown adult that I've watched. There are people that haven't seen Jack squat in all of their Detroit Lion fans, okay, after 1957. From 58, from 58 to now, they haven't seen squat other than maybe a couple of playoff wins. So when you put it in perspective, sure, sure. But I think what bothers me more than all that is when you do have the tools to be great and to win and you come up late. That's why this season's worse than the Luke Walton, Byron Scott teams in 16 and 17. Because we knew those guys weren't good enough. We knew they were young. We knew they were trying to get this thing going. So there was an understanding there. But what bothers me about this is you have entitled stars with a coach that's stubborn and shouldn't be a head coach. And they just think they can just put their shorts on and win whenever. And it's not true. 22 and 22 says it all after three and a half months. And there we go, indeed. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro along with Magic Man Chang Rice. Please check out later tonight Joe Soro's Lakers nightcap with Joe Soro, 11 p.m. Pacific time. Got it set up for him already, so he just has to go ahead and have a little drink, which he's having already right here, the Lakers fast break. Truly appreciate you joining us, the Lakers do win 134 to 110. We'll be back tomorrow for another great show. Plus, also as well, Tuesday for a full allotment of great shows for Tuesday against the Clippers. But before we head on out, my friend, uh, any last thoughts, Magic Man? Any last insight you want to go ahead and say? Again, easy victory came at a much needed time, but then it gets you back to our old friend, Mr. 500. Or is it? It's not the Mendoza line, is it? No, because that was no. Low. The that Mendoza was, was line is worth two hundred. It was two hundred. Yeah, yeah two hundred. Okay. <laughs> That's funny you bring that up. Never in my life would I've ever thought a, a, a one eighty hitter would be in starting in, in Major League Baseball, or a two thirty hitter, or two twenty hitter that led the league in strikeouts would be like a twenty or thirty million dollar a year player. Max Muncy was at under two hundred for like three months, starting. Yeah. Amazing, amazing how it is. New though. line, Mendoza line. You'd be an all star. The Muncie line. Yeah, the, you'd, you'd be an all star now with the Mendoza line. In, in, if in if you baseball. hit 270, you're like a Hall of Famer. Big time. These days. Yeah, they're 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 slowly lowering. I mean, Scott Rowland. I'm sorry, you know, all due respect to Scott Rowland. I 
I remember Scott Rowland and good player. Hall of Fame though? Come on, guys. Baseball was the, like the last line of legitimate credibility for all yeah, that of, for, for Hall of Famers. That's they, gone. They would they would they would not allow anyone in the Hall of Fame if the votes weren't enough in certain years. Now Scott Rowland, now you gotta start looking back at the Will Clarks. I'm still mad at hey, don't give me okay. I understand he's running for center and what's your opinion on this fine, but the player, Steve Garvey, was a Hall of Famer. I will if Scott Rowland is in the Hall of Fame, Steve Garvey's a Hall of Famer. MVP of the yes. NL. Where's World Dale Murphy? Series champion twice. What about Dale Murphy? Two-time MVP. Back to How back. many consecutive games did, did Steve Garvey play? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, that, that one's always pissed me off for, for decades. How, uh, how he hasn't been, I mean, there's guys there in the, have a checkered past more than his that are in the hall of fame, but yeah, you know, I digress, but now you just had to have to hit two thirty and not strike out 250 times in a, in a season. You're okay. You're in there. You're in the running magic, man. You're in the running. Absolutely. It's, just, it's ridiculous. I, because what somebody signed last week as a free agent, I think for like twenty something million dollars, and he was like in the top ten, top five and ten in strikeouts. Mm-hmm. You know, getting getting striking out. Yet because he hit like twenty five home runs and hit like two thirty, he gets a twenty five, thirty million dollar contract a year. Must be nice. Must be nice, Sean. Must be nice, Joe. Absolutely. Absolutely, but it is the Lakers fast break. Uh, Joe, what you got on tap for tonight? I know what you're talking about, by the way. It's uh, Teoscar Te- Te- Hernandez. You're yeah, about. that's what I just because I, I read about it. It saw it in the. In the and and it's know, funny. It's funny. I looked at the up. stats and I'm just like, wow. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because, of, of course, the dumb moron fan. The immediate reaction is, and they probably don't even know who Teoscar Hernandez is, right? The immediate re- the, the immediate reaction is, oh my God, the Dodgers are got another guy. I'm like, guys, do you know what that guy does? That guy does stuff that the that the Dodgers have been doing for years now that have made him lose, which is strike out when it matters. It's 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 a it's the typical Friedman signing. Let me see if this guy has a year where he can surprise everyone with like a good year. It's only a one-year contract. And everybody wants to come to L.A. to get the big contract. That's why Trey Turner got one. Corey Seager got one. Uh, that crazy guy in Texas got one. Um, <laughs> it's – it's guys, I, I, I can't – I run into just – you're so many dumbasses out there that don't know anything, and they just talk. Like, just shut up. Just shut up. You don't know anything about what you're talking about. Focus on what you know, which is probably nothing. So when you know nothing, do nothing. It's better for everyone, but that's social media for you. Be a productive member of society in that case. When you no, they want the attention. And, and then and do, do the right thing. Bite down hard on a tailpipe. Well, we'll find out. D'Angelo Russell had a great game. So, is it advertising for him to be traded to another team no, in the not too distant future? No, no, no we're no. not trade. Do not trade him. Okay, that's uh, you know you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater if okay. you trade him. You can't trade him because don't you think so, Gerald? Don't you think you're throwing? Oh, uh, right baby now he's out? playing so well, but you it's know. not even that. It's not even that. He has a skill set that you, if you trade him, 
first of all, there's no one out there worth a first round pick that's going to be available. No one, not Murray, not Brogdon, not anyone. Nobody's moving the needle that the Lakers. Schroeder and Bruce Brown. No, that player. And if you want to include D'Angelo, you have to get a third star. I mean, a guy that when when you get him, he is like, yo, that's what we needed. But still, at the end of the day, we still have Darvin M as the coach. Is he going to use him right? Or is he going to stick him in the corner like Rui today? What if Portland got hot from three today? What would have happened? He would have subbed out Rui. He would have subbed out Rui, put Vando in, and let him get the ball at midcourt and bring it up. Or, you know, sub in Skylar Mays to the incomparable Skylar Mays. As long as the opposing team shout out Skylar, I know you're a Laker. It's not it's nothing to do with Skylar Mays. As as long as the opponent doesn't shoot three like it seems to be the 10 mark. Yeah. So remember this, guys. We want to stay, we want to pay attention to this statistic. I believe they hit nine three-point shots tonight. Mm-hmm. You keep a team between 9 and 11, right around that, from three-point mates, and the Lakers will probably have a shot at winning. Most teams to, would. If they go to 15 and 20, that I believe if, if you wouldn't – John, if you have time in the next day or so, see, that, see if you can find that statistic this year in the last 44 games. The 22 games that they've lost, let's see if we can compare – the three point makes in those games and see how it is compared to what they want when they want. I think that would be a good statistic to explain that. And I, God help me if that thing is the, at the side of what we think it is. Why are two, why is a guy up in freaking Canada and a guy over here in Southern California recognizing this and you're not? The, it's uh, a legitimate question, Gerald. Yeah. It really is. That's something, something to think about. That's a legitimate question, Joseph raises. So, Joe, what's on tap for your nightcap at 11 p.m.? Well, it depends on if I'll be alone or if I have somebody there. Uh, usually, if I'm by myself having a drink, I've gotten a little early drink tonight. Going to recap the NFL playoff games? I may. Yeah, I think I think okay. the games turned out pretty well tonight. I think that went the way that some of us thought it would go. Mm-hmm. Uh, my underdog went. On. Well, it's. I thought it's, it was two points. My guy. I just cannot. I, I cannot ever. I said this before the playoffs started. The struggles, the struggles of Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs are quite exaggerated, Drew. I would say. It doesn't matter if they're struggling. When you have Patrick Mahomes playing quarterback, you have to be worried. Six straight AFC championship games. Six straight. He has never not been in the AFC championship game as a starter. I don't think people truly understand how great this guy is. And everything revolves around that circus stuff that goes on Outside that, I don't give two craps about anything outside Patrick Mahomes on that side. Patrick Mahomes, even if he doesn't win next week, is one of the greatest 
football players I have ever seen. The results are right there. He has no receivers. He has a tight end that is starting to get beat up. And he must, you know, great ones will muster the, that great game. And, and they needed Kelsey today, and he came through. Okay. Defense, when you're getting paid $50 million, $60 million as a quarterback, it's very hard to build a team around a player that's making that much money. But when you when you have a league that's set up the way it is, you have to go with the quarterback being great and try to hope that you can get draft picks in that time where you can pay him less money than you have to. So I I, I, I think if there's anything to discuss is appreciate. And appreciate Josh Allen. Appreciate Josh Allen. He is amazing. He has never really lost in the playoffs because he has not played well. He has always played well, and he's lost. There, there's going to be a year where something good's going to happen to him. He's too good. And I think that's what I took away from today's game. I thought I saw two greats go at it, and one had to win. Uh, as far as how this ends, we're, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit tonight since you brought it up, G. And, uh, of course, we'll talk more basketball and get an idea of how we can cap it off for the night. <laughs> Before we go, though, uh, someone did want to ask about Terry Rozier. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Does Terry Rozier actually move the needle more than D'Angelo Russell at this point? Because that's most likely who the Lakers would want to trade for. And I'm sure they would want to get a pick on top of D'Lo. So Magic Man, to me, for a guy who's on contract for another two years after this year, uh, partially guaranteed in his last year, but still mid-20s if you decide to keep him all the way through his contract each and every year, I just don't see him being that much of a huge, you know, yeah, sure, he's averaging 23, 24 points on, on Charlotte right now. He won't do that on the Lakers. And I just don't see what how big... Uh, you know, how much more performance you will get if you have him instead of D'Lo on the court, Sean? He's a guy. He's a guy, Gerald. We we have a lot of guys on this team. Yeah. Um, and he's very limited outside of his bombing from deep. And we also have a myriad, a plethora of players who are just either one-dimensional or two-dimensional. And, you know, adding somebody like that to this group it's not a net positive or a net negative. It's a sum zero effect. He reminds me of what D'Angelo Russell would do on Charlotte if ball is out. He would just, you would probably see similar numbers from D'Angelo right now I'll, if he was in that position. That's a that's a very good juxtaposition there, Gerald. I agree 100%. It's, that's just the realization of, of those two particular players. Very similar skill sets, and as Gerald has said, if you swap their roles, likely going to get a, a a net effect of probably like even or you know a variance of about the same productivity. So I I agree 100 percent with Gerald. So if that's the case, and the Lakers are not going to get themselves a third star, guys, and we really think probably where they could take advantage of is probably get some players in the back end of the rotation, six through 13, get some players there to fill out. But 
seeing how the Lakers are on the edge of the cap and could get off the repeater tax this year with some fiscal spending and also get a kicker on top of it, about $14 million worth, Joe. I would not cost that by getting just back-end rotation players to help you out, Joe. I'm going to go into more. I'm going to tease a little bit more. I, I am going to talk a little bit more about the landscape of the NBA now with, with kind of the new collective bargaining agreement, what's happening with players' availability. Uh, players in the past have, have, have demanded trades, and that, that will always be there. Even though Debo, sure. Debo Samuel asked for a trade and he's one game away from going to the Super Bowl. In the NFL, it's a little bit more difficult because there is a hard cap. And goodbye, Gerald. <laughs> when you're a when you're a running back slash receiver as Debo is. Had to sneeze. Sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's funny. Uh your your value is because you have to pay certain players. You have to pay the pass rusher. You have to pay the left tackle. You have to pay the quarterback. Now, in the Niners' situation, uh, they they don't have to worry about Purdy right now. Well, the, I, I think I, I I think the more to the point, Joe, is that in like you said, the salary cap is a contributing factor there, but it's also that I mean, you can ask to be traded. I don't have to grant you that request. And How many op- running backs? And, and oftentimes in the NBA, that kind of line in that red line is never drawn by GMs and front offices for whatever reason. I mean, I guess they got sugar plum, sugar plums for uh, coconuts, Gerald. You should have coconuts in in that position, but when you got sugar plums. Um, Sometimes you just whittle under pressure. And go ahead, Joe. Well, if we're going to talk football, Melvin Gordon, remember a few years back? He demanded a trade. He was scoring touchdowns left and right. He wanted more money than people wanted to pay him. Melvin Gordon's the best player to play average eight games a season. He did have that those two <laughs> years where he was a machine, where he was he was playing well. The problem is if you have no leverage in the NBA, the star player always has leverage, typically. In the mm-hmm. NFL, if you're a running back, Jonathan Taylor tried to get traded this year, could, didn't do it because no one is going to pay a running back. They don't want to pay a running back $20 million for five years. They don't want to do it. They, they won't. They don't have to. The only player, really, the only player that can have any leverage in the NFL really is, is a quarterback. And that's it. Now the NBA, I think the reason why we're not seeing too many crazy things lately is because of that supermax. People don't want to jeopardize the supermax. They get into that all NBA team. Next thing you know, their contract jumps tremendously. So they don't want to, ruffle any feathers there uh damian lillard being traded this year wasn't so much a demand it's not your typical demand it was more of look man we're not gonna win here what do you want to do that's really what it was it wasn't like anthony davis wanting to get out of new orleans and i think 
LeBron doesn't get enough credit for this. He's never demanded a trade. LeBron's never demanded a trade. I think people forget that. He's always honored his contracts and left as a free agent. Why would you hate on someone like that? Don't you believe in freedom? Don't you believe in the choice to make your own decisions? That's the part where I always laugh, again, to the dumpskies out there that, oh, LeBron only does this, and LeBron only does that, and LeBron did this. And I'm like, okay, what, what does that have to do with you? Joe? We talked about we've talked about this, and and bless him, he's no longer going to be going to be coaching football. Nick Saban had one of the best quotes you'd ever hear: "High achievers do not like mediocre people, and mediocre people do not like high achievers." So it's hilarious you brought up Nick Saban because I've been hearing some funny things about him. Oh, Nick Saban retired because of the NIL, guys. I was at the Rose Bowl a few, few weeks ago, okay? I was at the Rose Bowl. One play here going this way, and Nick Saban wins the national championship again this year. He just ran into the best team this year, and he was still this close to winning it. And in case you all forgot, and it's probably because you don't pay attention and because of the fact that Nick Saban looks pretty damn good for his age, Nick Saban is 72. He's seven years past retirement age, even though certain politicians want to change that, but I digress. There's a 72-year-old man who's already, in my eyes, the GOAT. Seven national champions, championships. Seven. How many, how many more do you want him to win? Eight? Nine? Can the guy play golf? I mean, can he just relax? Can he so go on a vacation? There, that's a good question. See his Gene. wife? That's a good question. That's a great question. Is Nick Saban going to get bored? My instincts say yes. Oh, I'm sure. But where would he go then? What, is he going to get a job at 74? Or TV? Mark Levy? He, Mark Levy, got bless if, Mark if, Levy, still if, alive. If, if that happens, my guess is, and, you know, all due respect, he's, he was, he's great at one point, but Lee Corso has never been the same after he suffered a uh, a very serious stroke. Um, I happen to think that uh, ESPN will throw as much cash at Nick Saban as possible for they him. Threw it up at McAfee. They could at least to, throw it for him to replace Lee Corso. And again, the uh, Lee Lee's Lee's a champion and uh, a great man. And it's just it's horrible what happened to him, Joe. But I think I, I think that's probably what they have earmarked. And he has earmarked in the future. Absolutely. But it is the Lakers fast break. A great finish as far as the sports world. And I'm sure you'll hear more of that tonight on Lakers Nightcap with Joe Sorrow at 11 p.m. Pacific time. You hear it about less than 20 minutes if you're watching us live on Facebook and YouTube. Already got it set up for you guys. But uh, any last thoughts before we head on out? No. My last thoughts will be tonight. Okay. Magic Man, any last thoughts? To quote Joe Soro, no. You going to invade the nightcap? You're going to go get some sleep. Sleep, nightcap. Sleep, nightcap. Sleep, have a nightcap. Sleep, have a nightcap. <laughs> <laughs>
Man, man's one of my best friends. He's tempting me right now. So Johnny, Zach Levine's not coming to LA. Sorry, too bud. much in that contract. Wait to that contract. That is just so much. I'm not going to say it's a definite Russell Westbrook, but my God, it has so many earmarkings like a Russell Westbrook ending for the mm, Lakers on that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's you know that's that's a cherry bomb with nails inside of it, Gerald. I mean, it has a like a small window of succeeding and a large, large opening for it's, failure. It's it's, uh, it's high risk, low reward. Very high risk with that one. That's all I'll say. I mean, it does have the potential in theory to be the right move when you look at it on paper. And then you look at it and you zoom out and then you see the actual total picture there. And, and you, yeah, like. You, like the only the only comp you could have for a shooter who didn't fall off a cliff when he came to the Lakers, although his point production did, was Glenn Rice. Glenn's the only real shooter that's ever really come to the Lakers who was still able to shoot. I just, I, I, I just I'm skeptical that it'll happen with Levine. I, I'm just his knees, his age, his contract, Joe, it's, it just makes me very wary. I, I know I had a couple of weeks back, we had a viewer for a while, Andrew, he was just very adamant. He was like the president of the Zach Levine fan club. Look how well he could shoot. Look how well he, well, he wasn't because he was injured. He came back. He started to play well. I will give him that. Got injured but again. Got injured again. So you tell me. And the fact is that the team in Chicago, like they did in Minnesota with D'Angelo Russell, does better with him off the floor than on it. So your thoughts on Zach Levine before we head on out? Not happening, guys. Stop talking about it. Well, you have to gut your team. They can't. They, like The provisions of the CBA won't allow them anyways. You'd have to give three to one. At least three to one on that. Yeah, you'd have to give Rui, D'Lo, and probably uh, who else would be in that? Uh, would you need Austin? Probably Reeves, yeah. You'd have to give Reeves, Rui, and, and D'Angelo. It's not happening, guys. It's not. Just stop talking about it. <laughs> Xbox, great to have you there in Australia. Truly appreciate wherever you're watching, Zangerstein, the Philippines, wherever in the world that you're watching. We truly appreciate I you joining that, us. I think that's probably the best name I've heard in a while. What's that? Xbox's name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like the parentheses and sometimes PS4, LOL. What? <laughs> Xbox Games Pass is the best value in video games. Bar it's, just, it's just too bad they don't have any. It's just too bad they don't have any games. <laughs> they have over a hundred, man. I'm playing them. Sorry. Well, I'm talking about recent games. They do. Starfield sold. It's one of the top twenty sellers of last year. Come on, man. Get real here. This is I'm me. Just telling you what the stats are. Sorry. And they have some great stuff coming up. If you didn't see last week, Indiana Jones. You got avowed. Hellblade Two. Sinuous Sacrifice. Not too shabby. Looks pretty good. The Indiana Jones game everybody's talking about. You'll be talking about it at the end of this year. You will. Trust me. You'll also be talking about corrupt. I hope so. In a good way, I hope, too. 
So we're hoping for you, Joe. Absolutely, indeed. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. Joe Sorrell will be coming up here in a few minutes. We're going to head on out a little bit early. We're going to give him time to prepare to get his drink cold. Magic Man may join him. Who knows who may join Joe for his nightcap? Will you join Joe for a nightcap? Find out. Upcoming up at 11 p.m. But thanks so much for joining us. We'll be on tomorrow night for another great show as well. Looking forward to having you back here and anytime here. Make sure you like and subscribe. We're now over 13. We're now over well over 1,300 subscribers. We are truly, truly thankful and blessed to have you here. We'll be back for more great stuff for you each and every time out right here. As the Lakers win, will they keep winning? We'll tell you why, how, and if they will right here on the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.